magnify you. We glorify you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we look forward to this time together this week to come to bless you, to magnify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah.
Amen. So good to see everybody this morning. God bless you guys. I've got a few announcements I'm going to make really quick, and I'm going to get right out of the way. Upcoming annual elections are going to be taking place here at Gap Hill. Uh, please be in prayer about the position. We will be filling three council members that will be available this year to serve from September of 2021 through August 2023. If you would like to be considered for these positions, please contact the church office, 864-868-9131. You can also speak directly to Pastor Jimmy. That's me, guys. Nice to see you. Pastor Brian, this guy that's singing, you can let him know. Or Sandra Mickler, I don't think she's with us today. But Miss Sandra is our administrative assistant here in the office. And if you call, that's probably who you'll be talking to. So if you feel the Lord is calling you into that role to help with church leadership and direction and vision, then you need to let us know, like yesterday, I'm just kidding, let us know ASAP. You can let me know all the way up until August the 8th because the elections will be taking place on August the 15th. And so just want to make you aware of that in prayer uh, for this coming forward. Also for Seth and Carrie Monroe, proud parents of this young man called Calhoun Lee Monroe. Born Monday, July 12th and weighed in at a whopping 9 pounds and 9 ounces. Yeah. So proud grandparents here today. I see you guys. I'm really proud. And I'm smiling really big. So we're also proud. Um, that's Like they said, that's one way we will grow to church. There's nothing better than having babies. That's how you grow churches, folks. So some of you younger couples, you've been contemplating. This is your word. It's time. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. All right, so they're home doing well. I talked to them. Everything's good, so we give God glory for that. Also, continue to pray for Joanne Merck. She had a hip replacement this past Thursday. Spoke with her. She's doing really well. She probably won't see us for a few more weeks, but be in prayer for her. Also, for the Crenshaw family, and let's pray for those that have lost loved ones here this past year. I feel like we've done a lot of, of um, homegoing services, and so let's be in prayer for them. So good to see everybody today. If you're new, welcome to Gap Hill Church of God. If you're old, it's good to see you again, too. It's good to have everybody. And I hope we've come for the same sole purpose, and that is to worship Jesus Christ, because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Father, bless this service today. We pray continued blessings as we pray for these folks that need your blessing, that need healing in their body and our church family. For those that are suffering loss, that you would be with them. We pray as we move forward as a church and leadership decisions that will be made here in the next month or so. We're praying that you would lead us, that the Holy Spirit would guide. It is our desire to please you as a church body. And so we ask you to help us to do just that. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Fill this, the rest of this singing, the music. Fill my mouth with words that I can speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. For this I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to, you can stand together again. Hallelujah, we lift you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise is rising. Eyes are turning to you. Lord, we turn to you. And hope is stirring. Hearts are yearning for you. Oh Lord, we long for you. Because when we see you, we find strength to face today. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us. You're worthy of all our praises. Hosanna. God who saves us. 
That you as an individual are going to experience everything, the best that God has for you, your family, and your life. Look with me at Numbers chapter 6, if you would, in verse 27, uh, 24 through 27. This is the prayer, the shalom blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you what? Give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Maybe today as you're leaving, maybe you should look at one of your neighbors and say, Shalom, brother. Shalom. What you are doing, you are blessing them. You are speaking no matter what their circumstance is. May God bless you. May the peace of God come upon you wherever you are, whatever you find, circumstance you find yourself in. Shalom to you, my brother and my sister. This word peace in their form means Irene, which means to bind something together. Can I suggest to you today that that is exactly what Jesus does. He binds God together with man. You see, you must understand from the book of Genesis that what happened when sin entered the world is we were separated from God, right? That's what sin does. So so if you know Christ today and you choose to live a life of sin, what you are doing, you are separating yourself from God because of your sin. That sin stands in the middle. You cannot come to God. You cannot get into His presence until you repent and ask for forgiveness. You are severed from that relationship. That is exactly what happens. But what peace means is that there's something that takes place that brings you back together. What was that that happened? It was Jesus Christ that through His blood, through His sacrifice, that He was able to bring us back together, make us complete, make us whole. Jesus said He will give us peace. Somebody ought to say amen right there. He said, I will keep you. I am going to be with you. I am going to be the footprint in the sand. I'm going to be the one that when you look back and there's only one set of prints and you're going to be thinking, what in the world's going on? You're going to understand it was me carrying you. It was me bringing peace in the middle of your trouble. Now, I'm going to give you three simple points today and from the youngest To the oldest, you are going to be able to understand this word today. And I'm going to take the words of Jesus and just reiterate them. The first thing that he said is, peace, I leave with you. So what in the world did Jesus Christ leave in this world when he left? He left us what is known as the finished work of redemption. If you want peace in your life today, God, Jesus Christ the Son, is the only key to real peace in your life. You can search this world over and try to find peace in your circumstance. You will not find peace in a liquor bottle. You will not find peace in a drug addiction. The only place, you will not find peace in possessions or in things. Somebody says, well, I love my new car and I'm sure you do. But when it comes to real lasting peace, that car doesn't bring that. It brings a temporary fix. A, a new house will temporarily bring some sense of carnality and, and temporal feeling of success in our life. But it does not bring us true, genuine Peace. The peace that comes from God is the only thing that when we lay our head down at night, it doesn't matter the house we're living in, the car we're driving, the money that we have in the bank, He gives His beloved sleep when the peace of God has overtaken us. We feel this sense of security that the world cannot give. And so one guy said it this way. He said, you cannot be at peace with yourself You cannot even be at peace with others until you come to a place of peace with God. We are justified by faith to have this peace. There is no peace for the wicked in Isaiah 48, 22. But the Bible says for those that have come to Christ in Colossians 1, 20, that He made peace with us through the blood, the shed blood on the cross of Calvary. Somebody ought to hear what I'm telling you today. The blood, what binds us with God? It is the blood of Jesus, our brother and sisters just sang about, that bind us with Christ. See, somebody needs to understand today, when you come to Jesus Christ, you have royal blood flowing through your veins. 
Now, uh, Jennifer and I have been watching this little show. It's about the, um, in, um, over there in the, what's it called, baby? I don't know, anyhow, the crown. They're talking about how the, the queen is being crowned and this type of stuff. And, and I looked at that, and it's amazing because all the traditions and the rituals that they go through and how much prestige and power is given to the queen and the, and the king. And, and it's, it's just intriguing to me. But I'm sitting here, and I'm watching, and I'm thinking, to us, most people think, well, they're just peasants, right? Isn't that what you call the lowly people? The little peasants? But I want them to understand something. I want you to understand something today. You're not a peasant if you're at peace with God. You have royal blood. And see, the thing about the crown is the only people that are, that are made available to the throne are those that have the blood running in their veins. If you don't have the blood, you don't become the queen. You don't become the king. It's only for those people that have the blood running through their veins. And I want to tell somebody today, we have been joint together with Christ through the blood, and now we are joint heirs with him. We are kings and priests. This is what your Bible says with God. So when you get fixed on this temporary and when you get fixed on this worldly let me tell you something. You need to think spiritual because in His eyes you've got rights to heaven. You've got rights to earth. You've got rights to everything He's got rights to because you've got the King of kings and the Lord of Lords blood coursing through your veins. How many of you are glad today that you're at peace with that kind of God? See, we must understand that religion's not good enough to get us there. Trying to earn our way to get to heaven is not good enough. Coming to church isn't good enough. As a matter of fact, we just get more fear in our life, more guilt, more feelings of insecurity. It is only when we come to the peace of God, which is through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. For in John 19.30, he said three words that were powerful. We read it fast, we overlook it. But when Jesus said, it is finished, that meant that everything he came to do, it had been accomplished. Now, the sin that has separated us from God, he says, now through the blood, I can abolish that. I can forgive you no matter how low you stoop. My God, somebody ought to shout hallelujah today. Because now through Christ, we're at peace with God and we have been bound together. No wonder God said in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30, just take my yoke on you and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly. And he went on to say, I will give you rest. Oh my God. So what does he leave? What, what, what peace does he leave with us? Well, when he leaves, he leaves us the Holy Spirit. See, John 14, this is so good. John 14, he said, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or comforter to help you and to be with you. How long, folks? There is not a day from this moment till even after I get to heaven that this comforter, this advocate, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, whatever name you give Him, He will be with me forever from this point. And what Jesus was telling His disciples, you can sleep at night no matter what's going on in the world. You can be at peace because I, in chapter in Acts chapter 2, I am going to send to you a comforter, an advocate. The Holy Ghost is going to descend and He's going to be with you forever. Verse 17. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees me nor knows Him. But... But you know Him, for He lives with you, and He will be in you. So we're talking about the peace of God. And now God says the way that you are going to have peace, and the reason I've left it with you, is because this Holy Spirit is going to be with you. Not only will He be with His church, not only will He be with individuals, He is going to live inside of you. So now... Are you starting to understand why God's people can live in peace no matter what's going on in the world? Do you understand why Washington doesn't determine whether I'm sleeping tonight or not? Because it's not contingent on that. He left me peace when He left me the Holy Ghost. 
And when the disciples thought it was over, and when they thought we can't make it, there's no way. Oh, we might as well just call it quits. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came down, and when He descended like a dove on them, all of a sudden they, they understood what Jesus meant. And they go around doing greater works than even He did, all because of what He left them behind. See, in Galatians chapter 5, I love it. The fruit of the Spirit brings what? Love. Joy. Y'all ready? And peace. Alright, let's go. Number two. He went on to say, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives. Now, I love the word here, give. How many of you ever had a friend that gave you something? Only to figure out a couple months later, they actually just let you borrow it. That is no fun, right? They take back what they gave you. But God says, when I give you the Holy Spirit, and when I give you my peace... He says, I'm not taking it from you. See, the world gives you some things and the world will take it back from you. Temporary things will bless you how long? Temporarily. And then you're right back in the same gutter. Drunks that are trying to break the habit, they'll drink themselves to a stupor. They'll lay in a ditch somewhere, vomit their guts out. While they're having their drunk, they're feeling pretty good. The next day they're on this hangover throwing up their guts and they, they feel out like there about to die. The world gave them peace for a couple hours. Oh, come on, somebody. But Jesus said, the peace that I am going to give to you, it is not what this world gives. Because the peace that I'm giving somebody today, it is an eternal peace. It is an everlasting peace. It's never going to go away. It's with you forever. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. So worldly peace, in theory, would be a substitute for real peace. So in other words... If, if I'm giving away gifts today, which I'm not. Some of y'all got bright-eyed. Brightest I've seen you in weeks since Father's Day, anyhow. And I'm putting... On this side, I've got Coca-Cola. The polar bear Coca-Cola I'm talking about. I'm even going to put it in the glass bottles for you. Oh, come on, somebody. Some of you kids have no idea what I'm talking about. Go buy one and you'll understand what temporary peace is. On this side, I'm going to get y'all a can of those Sam. Now there might be some weirdo in here. That's right, I just said it. My wife can get me after church. That when I say come get your prize, you're going to say, Woo, I love Sam Cola, boy. I love that Sam Cola. Most of you, the reason you love Sam Cola is because it's cheaper. That's the same reason I like it. But if you're giving it to me, you know what I'm going for? I'm going for the old, real deal the one and the only in the glass bottle. Get it cold. Drink it. Pop the top. It is. I'm going for the. See, Coke used to say, they're the real what? They're the real thing. And see, I want you to understand that that's exactly what it is today. If I look at you spiritually and say, come on over here. You can have Jesus Christ. Or I look over here and say, you know what? We're giving away $100,000 today. Now there's some of you that may say, oh, I'm going for the hundred grand. I Give me the hundred grand. And what you're getting is not the real deal. You are getting a substitute. You're going to take your money. You're going to spend it on whatever frivolous things you want to spend it on. But at the end of the day, you're going to come back to the same conclusion at the end of your life. And that is, give me Jesus. That's that's all that I need. Listen to me, folks. There's never been an atheist. Atheists are people that don't believe in God. And so they get on their deathbed. Do you know the last person they call on? They call on Jesus. Whether they believe in Him or not. Because they understand in that moment, regardless of whether they believed in Him the rest of their life, in that moment when they're facing death and it's staring right them eye to eye, they say to themselves, my God, the substitute not doing any good. This false world security's not doing any good. This false theology and false ideology isn't doing me any good. It is in that moment that they say, Jesus, Jesus, would you save me? Hallelujah today. I'm glad that I've got the real thing. I'm glad I've got the real spirit. I'm glad I've got the real Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Woo. Now, some people will settle for the temporary, whatever. I want the real thing. 
Bible says they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. They take it lightly. They ignore it. They try to wish things away. But I want to read to you in Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 11. He said, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace. They say, when there is no peace to be found. How many of you get tired when, when it comes time for politics and they do these these TV ads. Anybody like TV ads? Do, do y'all enjoy that? I mean, you're watching your favorite show. And an old Bob decides he wants to give you a good commercial. And you're like, oh gosh, please not again. And they do the same thing. They're walking around in factories acting like they care about the industry. Whatever, right? I can't stand fake ads and I can't stand fake politicians. I want something real. And what they're doing is they are looking at us, the people, and they are trying to offer us peace. Offer us security. Oh, this factory that closed down 20 years ago, you elect me, I'm bringing it back to you. They get elected, the factory is getting burnt down next week. I mean, it's just the way it is. What's happening is they're trying to give you temporary peace. It doesn't last. Since the beginning of time, it's even from 3600 B.C. Historians, that's 3600 years before Jesus Christ. Historians have estimated that there have only been 292 years of peace. Did y'all just grab that? That's a long time. That's 3,600 plus our 2,000. That's 56 odd hundred years. And only 292 of those is what they have called true peace. Where wars and battles are not going on. There have been over 8,000 peace treaties. That in that time that have been signed and that have been broken. And now, even right now as I'm standing in this pulpit, just like Jesus said the last days would be, there are numerous wars and conflicts that are going on in the world right now. But yet the greatest of all wars awaits us. It is known as the battle of Armageddon. You see, the Bible teaches us, and I'm going to show you this. Go to my next scripture there, Chevy. Let me show you this. He says, while people are saying peace and safety... What's going to happen? Destruction will come on them as labor pains on a pregnant woman. They will not escape it. Look at Matthew 24. This is last day stuff. But about that day or that hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father as it was in the days of Noah. So it's going to be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people are eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Do you see what God is trying to tell us? He's saying all this stuff that's going on, it is not a coincidence. And when people look at you and say, oh, don't worry about it, guys. Everything's okay. It's peace. It's safety. Oh, don't you worry. I've got you covered. And you get all these fake promises. He says what's going to happen is destruction is coming on the world. And there's going to be a group of people that are eating and drinking. That means going about their daily grind, doing what they've always done. And then all of a sudden, this cloud, hallelujah, the eastern sky, it is going to split on a white horse, a man named Jesus with the vesture dipped in blood that reads King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's going to come back for His church. And there's going to be a group of people that are going to be sitting there not ready for it. But for those that are at peace with God, for those that are ready for Him, for those that have been waiting for Him, guess where we're going, ladies and gentlemen? We're leaving this whole world behind and we're going to a place that was promised long ago. Peace I give to you. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. So there is a substitute of peace that is prosperity, pleasure, power, substances, but it's worldly peace. Just give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. What is real peace based on, folks? If we learn nothing today, the real peace is based on a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Without Him, we cannot and will not have peace with God. Go to my next scripture. I'm going to read this to you really quick. But now you have been united. We talked about pieces of bringing together, a binding together. So you've been bound together with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God. I love this scripture. But now... You have been brought near to Him. How? We talked about this. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh God. 
Praise the Lord. For Christ Himself has brought peace to us. He's united Jew and Gentile into one people. When in His own body on the cross, He broke down the wall of hostility or sin that separated us. He is our peace. Those that are once far off. Can I say to somebody today that if you have wandered away from Christ, don't let the enemy offer you a false sense of security. Don't let the enemy tell you just wait another day. Everything's going to be okay. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of decision. Today is a day of commitment. And what you need to do is exactly what he just said. If you're far off from Christ, just come back to Christ. Just ask his blood to cover you one more Ask Him to forgive you one more time. And those that are far off in this place today, all of a sudden you will be made close to Christ again. And you leave this building with what? Oh, praise the Lord. You leave with peace. Presence of Jesus. I love David for he said, The Lord is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. It brings peace. See, I don't just picture Jesus on the right hand of God. I don't just picture Jesus as being an intercessor at the right hand of God for me. David says the Lord, he's not just on the throne even though he is, but he says the Lord is on my right hand. I will not be shaken. Do you see that? So through the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ is with us. No matter where we are, no matter where we go, no matter what we do, the Holy Spirit is right here with us. He is with me in Walmart. He is with me in the restaurant. He is with me in this church this morning. He is with me when I get in my car and I drive home today to protect me from any harm that may come nigh me. The, the Jesus is with me. The Holy Ghost is with me. David said he is at my right hand. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want my God. He's not just the shepherd of the universe. He's not just the shepherd over Israel. Or just the covenant people. But David said the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you know him today? He is your peace. Third and I'm closing. Give me 10 minutes and I'm out. Let not, this is what Jesus said. Let not your heart be troubled. In John 16, 33. Now my text was John 14, 27. Two chapters later, Jesus says these words to, to them, to the disciples. Who he's just spoke peace to. He said, in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. While we don't have control over the world that is around us, we do have control of our own hearts. I'm going to show you Proverbs 4.23. Let me give you several scriptures before we close. Guard your heart. Above what? Above everything else. It is the most important thing you can do is guard your heart. For the heart determines the very course of your life. The way you respond and react to situations in your life. In your heart, it is going to determine which way and course you are going to take. If God calls you to a work and all of a sudden fear grips your heart and God says, man, it's time to go this way. If I allow fear to grip my heart, guess what I'm going to do? This heart can change the very course of my life. Because rather than going down the path that God has called me to walk down, because of fear, I veer off. Have y'all ever thought about what would happen if, if we were to take one detail of your life and change it? Where would you be, right? I mean, what if I took your parents away from you and put you in another birth house, right? Where are you, right? Everything that happens has a course, has a pattern. Once we come to a place that we have the right to make our own decision, God gives us that capability. There's times that God says you better guard your heart. Because if you're not careful in a world of false sense of security, when all this stuff hits the fan, He says there's going to be a tendency inside of your heart because you're man, you're human, you're flesh, right? You're mere mortals. There is going to come something in you that's going to say straight. Go the other way. Go the other way. And if you're not careful in guarding your heart, you're going to change the course of your life. 
that God's intended for you. So guard your heart above all else. There's a great saying that fear knocked at the door. Faith answered. And when faith answered, there was no one there. Fear cannot live with faith. And once we put our faith in Jesus Christ, fear should not overtake us anymore. 2 Corinthians, let me read this to you. Paul said, since many are boasting in the way the world does, you know, boasting about temporary things, I will boast too. He says, to my shame, I admit we were too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder. Watch this. I'm going to show you what trouble looks like. I've worked much harder. Been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Verse 24. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one, which was 39, because that's what the law said they could do. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea, in danger from false believers. Everywhere I go, I'm in danger. I mean, Paul tried to take a cruise and the, the ship just broke the pieces. I have labored, I have told, I have gone often without sleep, I have known hunger and thirst, and I have often gone without food, I have been cold, I've been naked besides everything else. I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. I mean, doesn't that make you feel good about your faith in God? I mean, don't that make us feel like strong Christians that have really been through it? We ain't never, none of us, from this pulpit to that back door, that have been through what I just experienced on this screen right here that Paul writes to us. Nothing like it. So my point is this. If there is anybody in all of the Bible that has a right to doubt God, it's this guy. If there's anybody that has the credentialing, can we say it that way, the resume, if he printed all this off and he gives us the resume, if he shows us this, if anybody has the right to be fearful and afraid and turn back and go another way, this guy is the guy. Everybody's still with me. Watch this. But what does he say we should do instead of letting our hearts be troubled? Go to Philippians 4, 6. This is the same guy writing just another book. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then you thank Him. I love this scripture. And then you thank Him for what He's done. So you start telling God, Lord, I really need you to do this. need you to work out. And then you have a praise break and say, God, I, don't, I didn't forget what you did for me last month. I don't forget when you paid that light bill for me when I was broke and didn't have a job. I don't Lord. After you have done this, then you will experience God's peace. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. You have prayed about it. You've praised about it. And now you can go to sleep and you can live in peace. This is a God that's been stoned. This is a God that's been shipwrecked. This is a God that has been tried to be assassinated multiple times. Let down a basket or in a basket down a window so they couldn't kill him. The same guy says then you'll experience God's peace. Which exceeds anything that we mere mortals can't even begin to understand. And what does his peace do when it comes to our life? It guards our what? The decisions we make, the things we do, our heart, which is the essence of all things, all life is in the heart. All of a sudden, he says he's guarding our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. That is powerful. Go ahead, Susan. I want you to play for me if you would. This is a guy that graduated from the school of hard knocks. And that's Paul's advice. I was reading something the other day. Uh, how many of you ever came up in a church? It was almost like a sacred piece of furniture that if you moved it, it caused trouble. It was called the prayer box. 
Any of y'all remember one of those? Y'all never had one. God have mercy. We had the prayer box. You don't mess with the prayer box. I'm telling you, it was like a piece of furniture in the temple. All right. It's, it's like the Ark of the Covenant. I'm that little box. But what people did with that box is that they would write a name on it, on a piece of paper, right? They fold it up and they put it in their little prayer box. And they believed that God was going to answer all the requests in that prayer box. Now, if you come from an old school church like I did, every so often, we get the anointing oil out and we'd anoint the holy prayer box. And we'd gather around the prayer box and we would pray until we felt like heaven was shaking and prayers were about to be answered. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe today, you need to go home and you need to make what we will call a God box. It is in this God box that every time you have a worry, every time you have a care, you write it down, you fold it up, you put it in the God box, and you simply leave it there. What if, what if there's some situations and circumstances you cannot control? Only God can reach that individual you're praying for. Only God can change the situation that you're in. Who are you worrying about today? What are you worried about? Put it in your God box. Just a thought. But if you're that type of person, it might do you good to have you a little box like that. And when you leave it, you trust God with the outcome as Jesus did. And I'll leave you with 1 Peter chapter 2. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. He committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. Thank you, God. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him, God, who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds. You have been healed. When you turn something over to God, trust Him to work it out and simply stop worrying about it. I feel the need to tell somebody an amazing statement over 2,000 years old. Peace, I leave with you. Let's all stand. I'm leaving you here. Now watch this. You know the story. You know the story. The disciples are crossing from this side of the lake to this side of the lake. You got it? Point A to point B. They're not looking to cause a scene. All they want to do is get from here to there. There's some of you in this film that all you're trying to do is make it there. Right? You're just trying to make it. That's all you're trying to do. You ain't trying to cause a scene. You don't want no glory. All you want to do is make it from here to there. You just want God to guide your steps. You just want to be able to make it to the other side, right? The other side of this situation. The other side of this problem. The other side of this circumstance. The other side of that rebellious kid that won't come back to God no matter how hard you pray. All you're trying to do is make it to the other side. So, that's a sermon in itself. But... The story doesn't go peaceful that night for them. In the middle of the night, a storm like these fishermen who are trained in the open waters, they know how to handle the wakes, the waves, they know about it. But it gets so violent that their ship is going to and fro. And they feel like they're about to die. They're about to perish. It's over for them. But Jesus, who is on our right hand and living inside of us, all of a sudden, he's walking on the water. And he comes to where they are. And they say, it's a ghost. You know the story? Jesus said, no, no, no. It is I. You know, Peter walks on the water, right? We all remember the story. But when he got back in the boat, what did Jesus say? The storm is still going on. And rather than trusting God, because Jesus is with me in the storm... The disciples in their flesh have a tendency to say, are you just leaving us here till we perish? Are you going to let us drown? The 
the lifeguard is on the boat, honey. You ain't going nowhere. If you need to walk on the water, he can make you walk on the water, Peter. But you're not going to drown. It should be enough for us to know that Jesus is there. It should be enough. We should have enough faith to know that if Jesus has stepped on the boat from point A to point B and I'm trying to get there as long as Jesus is with me. Let the storm come. Let the waves hit me hard. Let the boat fall apart. But as long as He's with me. But Jesus being God and always looking out for us little peasants. He says, all right, guys, calm down. And he stands at the bow of the ship and he stretches out his arm and says, peace, be still. And all of a sudden, Brad, all the waters, all the trouble, all the chaos, it stops immediately. And I don't know about you, but today I thank God because there's times in my life that if I'm just being honest with you today, that I'm tired of the waves. And I'm tired of the chaos. And I must admit, there are times that I have doubt and there's times I have a lack of faith. But I'm so glad that I have a God that still comes to where I am and has mercy on my sinful soul. And He says, peace be still. And today, I've come to tell somebody that is exactly what I believe Jesus wants to do for you right here in this moment, in this house, in this place, when we pray, I believe that is exactly what the peace speaker is going to do for you. He's going to say, peace, be still. And you're going to walk out of these doors and all of a sudden the chaos that has been in your life, the craziness from day to day, the routine you've been going through, feeling like it's over, laying down at night and feeling anxious, your heart beating out of your chest and wondering what's going to happen there. All of a sudden, you walk out of this building and feel better. Do you believe Jesus can do that for you today? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Is there anybody that feels the need to pray? If you do, I don't want to stop you right now. Jesus is speaking to hearts. Come on, brother. Go ahead and get right here in this altar. Talk to Jesus. Anybody else today, you want to talk to Jesus? I want to give you that opportunity. It's not even 12 o'clock yet, folks. I want to give you that opportunity. Let the peace speaker speak to you. No matter what you're going through, No matter what you're dealing with, Jesus is speaking peace right now. Sing it, Brian. Oh, 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 your love. It's a rescue. Oh, thank you, Lord. When I'm hopeless and broken, your blood is want to come pray today. I want you to come. If you want to pray for somebody else, you can do that too. Have a moment with Jesus. Have a moment with Jesus. Yes, sir. Your love.